So we're in a series about hearing from God. And so each week we have a storyteller we've invited to share um, a story of how they've heard from God. And if you were with us last week, we said that hearing from God is more common than we think. That it's something that's happening and it should be happening all the time for us. And so I want to invite Amanda Kane to come up. And she is our storyteller this week to share um, what she has heard from God before. So Amanda, thank you so much. Here you go. Hello. Good morning. Thank you. Um, Okay. So I typically hear from God in a couple ways. Um, Sometimes it is just a fleeting thought in my head that I can recognize is not my own. Um, And then sometimes it's just in scripture, reading scripture. Um, And so that's where this one started at. Um, I'm going to take you back. Thursday, September 15th of 2016, um, I was sitting at my dining room table. It was the morning with my husband. I didn't work on Thursdays. I was, worked four days a week. I had Thursdays off. So I was sitting at the dining room table in the morning with my husband and feeling really stressed, feeling stressed about our financial situation, just frustrated um, and just emotional, crying. Um, and my wise husband suggested, well, why don't we pull out the Moravian for the day? Let's read the scriptures together, see what God has to say. So the scripture in the Psalms for the Moravian that day was this, Psalms 107, 10 through 14. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. They cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. And that spoke to me. Um, I felt like that person in the darkness. I felt like I was in chains. Um, and I, I just, that was completely where I was at. But the part that spoke out the most to me, this is what I heard from God that day, um, was a verse that said, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And I thought, you know what? I, we struggle, we stress. And I've never just asked God, God, I need money. Help me. And that's what I did that day. It felt like an odd prayer. It felt like an odd cry. But that's what I did. The Lord said they cried out in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. So I cried out that day. Um, David and I sat there, and I cried literally, and I cried out verbally to the Lord. Um, so later that day, I was going to Jody Elin runs a boot camp here, she used to. Um, so I went there, met with some wonderful ladies there, and actually talked with them about this whole situation. And Jody goes, You know, we know a mutual person whose job is hiring. I thought, Oh, interesting. You know, I hadn't really, my job is fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. Um, and so she connected me, is actually, we, is a mutual friend. and. Um, so I was started going through that process, and the financial reward of this new potential job was going to be like double of what I was currently making. So I was like, look at that. I cried out, got answered. So I went through the interview process. Uh, it was okay. It was fine. The job, again, was just going to be okay. It wasn't something I was super passionate about, excited about, or anything like that. But the financial reward was going to be great. I didn't get the job. I was devastated. I had thought, I cried out, I heard this from God, I followed through, what was happening? Um, after I didn't get the job, I, the thing that came out of it for me in that moment was I had accepted 
that I could go from working four days a week to five days a week. All of my kids are in school. My youngest is in second, she was in second grade at the time. Um, and I was like, okay, I can go back to 40 hours a week. 30 hours I had done because of my family. Uh, I wanted time to spend with them. That was always our focus. It was not financial, it was family. So I was like, okay, Lord, I can do, I can do a full-time job. What does that mean? So my background is actually in social work. That's what my degree is. I was working in, in the financial field, and I was the previous job I had interviewed for was going to be um, like an administrative type job. So that's what I've been doing for the last 12 years. That's what I was just going to keep moving forward with. But after I didn't get that one and I started looking, I saw a position for something with South Oakland Shelter. I was like, oh, interesting. I've, you know, I've done their 5Ks. I know about them. They're a good organization. Let's just put it out there. So I applied for a position there, had, had one interview, and I have never in my life walked away from an interview excited and feeling passionate after an interview. Like, who does that? Who goes to an interview and is like, this is amazing. This was fun. Like, who has fun in interviews? Um, I walked away from that interview like so renewed and passionate about social work and about what God created me to do. Um, so I went through the interview process with them. It was kind of a long process. Um, and I didn't end up getting that job either. I was in the top three. They told me, top three, we really enjoyed meeting with you. Um, but I had been out of the field for 12 years. I didn't have the experience some of the other candidates had. So I understood that. I got that. Um, but what the most exciting thing was, was that God had renewed that passion in me. And so in that moment, I knew that I wasn't looking for administrative jobs. I wasn't looking for just the next financial gain for our family. I was looking to find what God had made me to do. Um, and so uh, I ended up looking, Hannah Hoskins had suggested a couple websites to look at for jobs within the social work field. Um, I, saw, I found this place called the Children's Center. Looked at the website and I told my husband, I was like, this place looks amazing. Like all of the things they're doing, I just, this is, I, this is great. I didn't even know what I was applying for, frankly. I found this had child welfare. I was like, great, children. That's what, like, that was what my passion was for. I'm applying. Turns out it was a foster care position <laughs> I was applying for. No experience in foster care whatsoever. So I went in, uh, had an interview there. Third time, didn't get that job. Um, so I was kind of okay with it. There were some people that spoke to me too also afterwards, like, I didn't think that was going to be the right job for you. I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but a couple weeks later, I got a call back from the Children's Center saying they had an adoption position available. Would I like to come back in and interview for that one? Sure, sounds great. Children's Center looked great for me. So I went back in to interview for that position. And this is, so I started September 15th, 2016 with this process of crying out to God, hearing that that's what I was supposed to do, was to cry out to God. July 17th, I got an offer at the Children's Center for an adoption position, which I accepted. And that road took a long time and didn't even end up where I thought I wanted to be. I cried out for one thing, and God took me on a completely different path and put me in a job that I love and adore and am passionate about and feel like I was made for this position 
which is so strange, because if you would have asked me September 15th, 2016, what do you see yourself doing? What do you see yourself made to do, you know, career-wise, job-wise? I would have never said adoptions out of foster care. Like, that wasn't even on my radar. But the way I am wired is, like, this is, you guys, this is the perfect position for me from start to finish. Like, there's so much paperwork. I'm good at that because I spent 12 years at a financial firm doing paperwork. Like, he prepared me 12 years for this position. My degree's in social work because that's where my passion is, with children. I worked at a juvenile delinquency facility out of college, and I loved it. And so I just was so excited at the end of it. And guess what? I'm not making more money. <laughs> no, I'm in social work. I'm not making more money. But God took me to a place where I am happy and I'm doing what he made me to do and in his time. So that is where he took me in that process. Thank you. Thank you. That is awesome. So we're talking about God speaking. It's prompted from one of our values. The core values is that hearing and doing is just at the heartbeat of being a follower of Jesus. The value goes this way. At the heart of following Jesus is hearing his words. And that can be his words that he's written for us. But this active word of God speaking to us. This living God. And then acting on them. We believe it's our birthright. Of being born as children of God to hear from our good father and that life is more adventurous and robust when we say yes and respond to what we hear. And so that's the value. We're talking about hearing from God and over the next course we've got another four weeks on this and today is about why God speaks. So last week God speaking is common and we, today we're going to talk about why God speaks. Next week we're going to talk about the ways in which God speaks. The multitude of ways in which he speaks. The week after, we're going to talk about the characteristics of God's voice. What, what are those that are, are the characteristics and what are the ones that are not in order to help us to discern? In week five, we're going to talk about the barriers. What is blocking us from being able to hear from God in an ongoing way? And then the final week, we're going to talk about the ways. There's practices and patterns and tools that can help us to hear from God. That we can learn, we can sharpen these. But today is, is about why. So last week, we had these list of questions. Um, I, I, have, I have them back up here again. These are just questions. And the challenge was to pick one and to ask God the question. Much like Sharon shared when she was like, Oh God, you know, what do you want to say to me in this? You know, and God speaking. Now these questions were meant to um, prompt you. They were meant to mess with you, right? I mean, the, the, these are questions that are meant to provoke you in some way. And, I, and I've heard from a number of people, you picked questions, and, and some of them were hard. Anybody find it really kind of hard to do? Challenging for them to ask God a point-blank question and to wait for it. Well, that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to provoke in some way, to maybe even to reveal something about us and this relationship with the living God. Some of the questions are still up there are very intimate. What do you think of me? What do you like about me? That's a hard question to ask anybody, 
right? You, would, you know, it, for, for some, that, that it's, it's so intimate, you're going to feel this, oh, I feel uncomfortable almost with the question. Other ones are more tactile. God, what do you have for me? What are you excited about my future? Where do you want to direct me? What's an encouraging word you want me to give to someone else? And for some of us, we, we find ourselves maybe more easily able to ask one question and more difficult to ask another and so if you did it, I want to encourage you again um, to keep doing it. If you didn't hear, pick another question. Ask God. And if you did it and you struggled and you were like, oh my gosh, I have such a hard time, then pause, reassess, and ask a new question. The new question is, why is this so hard for me? God, why, why am I struggling to ask you an affirming word? Why, why am I so uncomfortable let God speak into the discomforts. Did anybody ask and hear something? Is anyone afraid to raise their hand because they think I'm going to call them out loud? No? So I'm not, right? So, but, but keep asking. Keep asking. Ask God the question. Pause and allow him to answer. Today we want to talk about why. Why God speaks. And to be really point point blank with this. We want to speak about why God speaks to us and the impact that it has on us. And, and the, the most simple answer, right? Why does God speak to us? Uh, because he loves us. Because he loves us. Because he loves you. He loves us and he's a relational God from, from beginning to end. He speaks because he loves us. Th- this text that... Um, it's so simple, but yet I think it's su- such a profound scripture. This is found in Matthew 3 in the life of Jesus. And it's early in his life, but yet it is a profound little moment in the life of Jesus. And it's one that should also mess with us a little bit. Matthew chapter 3 is at Jesus' baptism. When he was baptized, and here it goes from Matthew 3, 16 and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized... He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. And as Matthew 3, God speaks over Jesus and says these words, This is my Son, in whom I love. And I'm pleased. Why does God speak? Because he loves us. And at this moment over Jesus, God speaks his affirming, identifying words of saying, you're my son, I love you, and I'm pleased with you. And, and at this point in the life of Jesus, he hadn't done anything. He, he hadn't stepped into his ministry. He was, he was being baptized. And the affirming word of God is, I love you. You're my son, speaking to our identity. Why does God speak? Because he loves us. And because he loves us, he's going to speak into two of the most important questions that most of us wrestle with in life. Who am I? And what's my purpose? I'm exactly what Amanda was sharing about this morning. Who am I and what's my purpose? That God is going to want to direct those because he loves us and he has something to say into those. And in this first one in the story of Jesus, he was wanting to speak about who Jesus was. You're my son. 
I'm pleased with you and I love you. This is your identity. This is who you are. This is what the Father wants to speak. And if that's something that you haven't heard or haven't heard in a long time, you have to hear it again and again and again. You're my daughter in whom I love. I'm well pleased with you. So um, parents and people who have significant others, and other, how often do you tell people that you love them? Do you, uh, if you had kids, it's like, well, you know, I, mean, I, I, I told them so they know, right? So I, mean, I don't got to tell them anymore. No, you tell them again. Do you tell them daily? Yeah, every day, if you have the opportunity, you tell them again and again. Are you, are you doing it? Because this is natural, right? It's natural as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, as a son, as a daughter, as a brother, as a sister, to continue to convey again and again our love. Not because we think they're insecure about it, but because we want them to know and we want to express it. This is who God is. There's a, I will not apologize for this cheesy video. <laughs> Only because we have to hear this. We have to. It's so simple, it's so profound, but, but yet it is so difficult for us to sometimes believe at the depth of us. So uh, here, here's a clip of a, a young boy who has never been able to audibly hear the words of his father. So let, let's watch. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> the moving moment that three-year-old Grayson hears his father's voice for the first time. Grayson. Grayson was born deaf, but a successful surgery at the University of North Carolina means he can now hear. The toddler received an auditory brainstem implant as part of a trial at the hospital. They were testing to see if the implants could work for children as they are already used on adults. Doctors used a type of hearing implant that was placed directly on his brainstem. Grayson is the first child in the US to receive the brain implant and will now have several years of therapy to improve his hearing and speech. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> Daddy. Yes, here. So, they do this crazy surgery, right? I mean, unbelievable, the miracles of science. Science is amazing. I was a terrible science student. But it's amazing, right? Amazing with things that are happening. And so in this little boy, they put in this chip, Right? In order to, he's never been able to hear. And when they turned it on, what were the first words that his father wants to speak for him? What would you want to tell your son or daughter who had never been able to hear? What would you want to be the first message they heard from you? And here's his father. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. Boom, here's it. Not even sure what in the world that is. That's the message. There is no other message that our God who is a father would want us to hear 
if we hadn't been able to hear? That's the message. Why does God speak? Because he loves us. And we're not here to manipulate, but I'll tell you the truth. The central core message of God to our identity that he wants to speak is that he loves us. That we are his beloved sons and daughters. And that it is an act of faith for us to believe that. Because most of us, in our self-doubt, and in all the other messages in there, we have a hard time believing that. This reality of the truth of God's love. It's an act of faith because we're believing that God loves us deeply. And he's expressing it. And this act of his, his love, he says, hey, I love you. I want to show you the extent of my love through Jesus. I'm going to pay the price for your sin. I'm going to cover all of your wrongs. I'm going to adopt you into my family. Not by your work, not by your doing, by mine. And I'll adopt you. You are my sons and daughters. I love you. That is such a core message. And if you're struggling, and again, I know that many of us were, have been raised in different scenarios that have hindered. So if you're human and you've breathed a little bit, you've been raised in scenarios where it makes it difficult for you to believe that message. To embrace it. Some of us more difficult than others. But the message of why God speaks to us is because he loves us and he is a relational God and he wants to pull us into his relational love. And the language that God gives us for that is one of father, son, father, and daughter. That's the language. He speaks to you because he loves you. And he wants you to hear that message. He wants me to hear that message. Love is the agent that wakes everyone up. There's a couple things that can wake you up if you feel like you're sleeping, right? If you're missing life, if you're drifting. Love is the agent that wakes people up. Discomfort too. But love is the agent. He speaks because he loves us. And in this, he answers those questions. Who are you? Into your identity and what is your purpose? God speaks because he loves us. He speaks to comfort, to guide, to challenge, to move. And when he speaks to us, it's for our good and it's for the good of others. When God speaks, it's never only for us. So when I think about the number of messages that God has continued to speak because he loves me, I, I, can, I can remember a number of them that I'm continuing to hear. He had a you know, and, and again, as Mandy is sharing, there's, there's times I think God wants to speak regularly. Um, and some of those messages remain with us all the time. They stick. They're, they're a deeper message. For, for those of you who um, have lost people, people who have died in your life recently, to, there's usually this form that, or usually a pattern that happens as you begin to reflect back on the last things that were said. Even though they're a really important person, right? I'm with Jenny and Foster, you know, right? And you're thinking about the last conversations. You're, you're thinking about the last interactions and you're cherishing them and you're holding them. But in reality, there was, I mean, Jenny and Foster, I mean, you, you used to kind of said, you guys, your intimacy was, was incredibly deep. Sandy with Gary, right? right? The, the intimacy was deep. The conversations were rich. But yet you're playing over. You're trying to remember those really significant ones that continue to remind you, even though there was tons of just chatter. 
And our, our relationship with God is very similar. There's always ongoing interaction, and some of them are weightier. And remember the weighty ones. But God is always wanting to breathe in, speak in to a natural rhythm of life. But I remember the weighty ones. The weighty ones where I can remember being in here and we were kind of, uh, you know, praying and worshiping. And then it's just one of these weird moments when God just sort of spoke. And, and, it, and he did it sort of physically where somebody, someone actually touched me. You know, they were kind of touching me and, um, in, in, in a casual sort of way. And in the words where what God was saying is, hey, I've got your back. This was the word from God. And it was a comforting word for me, right? It's a word that gave me courage. It was, it was a word that sustained me. Right? When God speaks those words upon us, it's, it's for a reason. He loves me. He's speaking like a father would speak to me, saying, I've got you. I've got your back. You're not alone in this. We're not, we're a, I'm with you, and I, and I don't leave, right? There's this word that gives you energy for the journey. Significant word, a simple word, but has not left me with the one when I, I heard God say to me, follow me. An invitation to join him and to move with him. I can remember those words and that invitation. I can remember recently when God has been telling me uh, this word of saying, hey, I got you into this. Not by the normal ways that people get, in, get into being a pastor. You didn't, you didn't go the normal route. So I'm not asking you to do it the same way that every guy does this or lady who does this. That's the word he's been speaking to me. It's meant to give me courage to take risks. To live into the identity that he has formed in me. But these are messages out of love for me. But he shares it with me. So in order to be able to speak in the normal way with others. To share those messages. He's also said... Uh, one significant one that happened um, and that God continues to remind me of, he told me, slow down and be with others. You have nothing to prove. He spoke that to me when I was with a group of friends and we were climbing up this mile ascent of stairs in Colorado. And, um, and I went after it and left all this crew behind that I was with in order to like, feel like I had to prove something, Right? But then as you go through the whole scenario, there was a group of people who were doing it together. And I, I left them behind. And it was one of those scenarios where God was wanting to speak in, into that little silly moment of exercise to say, slow down. I, I'm inviting you to be with others. Yeah, you don't have to prove anything. And I remember that word. And I've seen that illustrated a few times where God continues to remind me of this word that's meant to give life to me and life to others. There was a movie that I watched called The Dawn Wall about this rock climber and he slows down upon this journey that he'd been preparing for for six years and been training for for years and years in order to not be alone in it. If you haven't seen the documentary, it's beautiful. And this one where God's reminding me. There's a guy here in Royal Oak who, who walks everywhere. If you're the Royal Oakers, you can know who he is. He looks like Hulk Hogan um, and he wears short shorts and a tank top every day regardless of the weather. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Um, yeah, and um, he walks everywhere. Um, he's got great legs. Um, he's fit. I mean, he must be 60 in his 60s. Um, and, and, and he's married, and his wife is always 50 feet behind him. Right? And he's, he's, he's got a pace, and he's deliberate, and she kind of looks like she's in trouble. 
right? I mean, so they may have an amazing relationship. I'm not there to judge, but, but when I see them, God speaks to me and he says, I, I'm not in, that's what I haven't invited you. It's, it's, it's this illustration to say, slow down. I've invited you to be with people. You've got nothing to prove. Right? When God speaks to us, he's, he's wanting to speak into our lives because he loves us and he's going to speak into our identity. He's going to speak to my identity as being his son. About he's, he loves me and that he's with me, but he's also going to speak into my purpose. He's going to speak into your purpose, what he's inviting us into. Because believe it or not, God has plans, agendas, things that he longs to see happen in the world that are good and they bring life. And he wants to involve you in those things. See, the truth is, is that when it comes to purpose, God has purposes. And he wants to involve you in his purposes. And he does want you to know what those are and to invite you into them, to unfold in your life this destiny. I, Jenny and I were talking and Foster's, or well, this came up when I was talking with your daughter, Beth. Foster taught a few summers ago, and here he is, he was an elder. His favorite verse, and I, and I remember this from the number of chances just being together, was Ephesians 2.10. That's his favorite passage, and I, I, and I love Ephesians 2.10 too. It's like etched on my heart. That text talks about that um, we are God's workmanship. We're his craftsmanship. It can speak to our identity of being shaped by God as his beloved children, his workmanship, but also speaks to his ongoing shaping of us. It says we're his craftsmanship. We've been destined, prepared for good works in Jesus Christ. They were part of our destiny. Speaking to this, this work of God in our lives over these, for these good works that he has prepared us for in the future. That he has something for us to do. And he, we're being shaped and equipped and molded but with God's good hand in it. And he wants to speak to those things to release us to this good work that he's prepared for us. Why does he speak to us? Because he loves us. And he wants to speak into who we are and what our purpose is. The good works that he's prepared for us in Jesus. With Jesus to do. He's prepared those for each one of us and he wants to speak into those for you and for me. May we listen. I pray that your hunger to hear those good words would increase. So, can I have those questions pop back up on there for Shane? Here's the questions again. That top one on the left, God, what are some things that you like about me? That's a question about our identity, about how God has shaped us and, and wired us. The question below that, how do you see me when you look at me? That's about our identity. If we could take a vacation together, where would we go and Why? That could be purpose or identity. I, I could just speak into dreams and longings. Of all my shoes, Father, which are your favorites? I don't know about that question. But if you ask that one, and there could be a story where God is wanting to speak to a re something really significant 
about your shoes, right? I, but when you look into the future of my life, what's something that you're excited about for me? It's purpose, right? Something he's prepared for. And so when Amanda was sharing about all the steps that she took in there, that God was awakening purpose for her, which she had scaled back, that she had almost said no to, that she would have said no to for the sake of maybe making some more money in order to alleviate the strain that was being put on her family. So what does God speak first? He speaks this word of affirmation. Cry out to me. I've got you. You're my daughter. Call out to me. Ask me. You can ask me because I love you and you're my daughter. I'm going to provide for you. I will not fail you. I'm with you. These are words of identity. You're mine. So ask. And then she asked to begin led on this journey of purpose where she was freed by the passion and excitement of God had wired her. What excites you about my future? Is there any particular lie that I'm still believing that you would like to break today, Lord? And, and that one could speak into both of those things. And for Amanda, what God was speaking into, saying, hey, call out to me, I'll answer that. Or to a lie about our future and our work, it could be all sorts of toward our identity. And self-rejection is one of the greatest lies that will hinder us from stepping forward in a relationship with God. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about those barriers. Self-rejection is this one that begins to say, oh, I, I've just screwed up too much in my life. I'm too much of a screw-up. The sins that I have, my issues are like this. God's not going to speak to me. If, if God was going to speak, he's going to say these things first, and most of them are you stink, you're terrible, you're lazy, you're not good enough, you know, you're born, whatever, right? All these things. Self-rejection is one of the biggest hindrances to the life of hearing God. And so this question about the lie that we're believing, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovely enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not important enough, right? I've done too many bad things. So whatever that lie is, it's hindering us. This is one that will speak into our identity and to our purpose potentially. And what is your truth that you want me to receive? What words of encouragement do you have for me today, Lord? Is there any encouragement that you would like for me to give to someone else? And who? I had someone text me last week saying, Bo, I asked that question and... God gave me three people and you were one of them. Let me encourage you. There was a final question on my list that didn't make it on this one. And it was from Zephaniah. The famous book of the Bible, Zephaniah. Everybody's like, is that really in the Bible? I'm looking. <laughs> Zephaniah 3, it says this. Verse 17 says, you sing over me, Lord. And the question of this one was, well, what song are you singing over me today? Now, if you sing songs over us, what song would you sing over me? What would be the song, the hum of there? These are songs, why does God speak to us? He loves us deeply. And he wants to speak into our identity as our father and for us, by faith, to take a hold of that, to believe what he says. He loves us, and he wants to speak into our purpose, because he is the king, and he wants to direct our days. If you've heard one and not the, un not the other, I would have to say that, that you're imbalanced. If you only hear what God wants you to do, but you do not hear his words of affirmation, then I believe there's an imbalance. If you only hear God's affirmation, and he never directs what you do, 
and so you only do what you want to do, then I would say there's an imbalance. God wants to speak because he loves you. And he wants to speak into your identity about who you are and about your purpose. Because he's a good father and he hasn't left us on our own. Let's pray. So, Father, even as we brought those questions up again, and we've been talking about these big questions of life, of you speaking into it, God, would you bring to the surface, would you bring to the surface of our lives, of our story, the questions and thoughts that would lead us into a greater conversation with you, into greater intimacy with you, that would unblock God, your love. And so I pray, God, by your Holy Spirit, by your agent of change, that you would come, God, and awaken us. And you would bring the question, God, that we were to ask you that would awaken us. And God, that we would have the ears to be able to hear and believe what you would, say, what you would speak over us and to us. So God, in the whisper of this silence, we give you the freedom, the room to speak with your gentle and good and truthful voice. Whatever you would like to say to your children today. Amen. So, uh, can we, uh, Iman, can we put, pop the questions back up there again? If one of these elicits something for you, and maybe there's a new one this week, this is about hearing from God. And if, they, if there's a different question, the whole thing is about hearing. And, and a lot of times there's a conversation that's a part of that. We, we're asking, God's responding. And I pray that God would surprise you. May you not be discouraged by the challenges involved. Continue on this journey with us and allow God to speak in. If you hear something, would you share it with someone else? One of, the, one of my mentors always said this. Um, when he said this about listening and other people are talking, he says, it may not be about you, but it's always for you. And he was saying that for listening to somebody else. But I think we could say that the other way. If, like when God speaks to you, I think a lot of times it's just not for you. It's for someone else too. And if that truth is just that encouraging somebody else that God is speaking very intimately and very clearly, could really encouraging people around you, would you share what you're hearing? Would you share your context, your journey, your struggle? Share it with someone and, and let them know. I'm always surprised when God says funny things to me. Even I was just asking these kinds of things and even the moment of listening and God in his humor He's been speaking to me about partnership, and he's like, come on, let's, let's, let's go together. He reminds me that he slows down for me <laughs> in order to go with me. And then he whispers these funny things like, and I like your legs. <laughs> Almost like a joke, right? Where I was like, what? And then I laugh. 
right? Is that, is, what, what is that? I, I don't know, right? But God says, oh, receive it. His humor, his pleasure, his invitation is a part. May God encourage you. So church, be blessed today. If you've served over the warming center, over that in the leadership team, I mean, one of the big questions that you could be asking God is this, is all right, Lord, what, what, what did you have for me? What did you want me to learn in that? What was for me in that? What was the things that happened, but I was so busy working that I may have missed what you were trying to say? What do you want to say to me through that serving? Allow God to speak. May you be blessed today as we continue. Next week, we're going to talk about the ways in which God speaks. And so super excited for that on next week. Uh, come Saturday for the invitations to our whole community to celebrate the life of Foster next Saturday. We're going to be tearing down the warming center stuff immediately following the service if you want to stick around. But be blessed. Um, have a great Sunday. Thanks for joining us.